Hello, and welcome to Series 2 of Let's Get Sexy, the podcast where I read an erotic story and you listen to it. Off the back of the last series where I read Lesbian Slave Island, which was obviously a lesbian story with some pretty heavy BDSM themes at times, I thought I would do a story which is more about straight sex, and then maybe for season three I'll do a story with gay sex between two men. But I wanted a story that also was a little bit unusual, perhaps. I don't want to say unusual, but certainly one with some taboos and some unusual themes and motifs running throughout it. And so the story I've decided to read is called The Country Cottage. And that's by an author called A.A. Dirty Old Man in PHX 1. (laughs) That name's a bit of a mouthful. So I think maybe I will just refer to them as Dirty Old Man, just to save a couple of seconds each time I say it. There is a slight thread of continuity between these two stories. And again, I haven't read this story ahead of time, so I don't know uh, everything about it, or I don't really know anything about it apart from just a quick scan through. I literally read a couple of odd sentences at random to just see, you know, what's, what's the writing like? Where's this going? What's the deal? I had a look at some of the comments too. And so I think I've identified that there are two threads of continuity between the last story and this story, and that is that This is a kind of holiday-based story, I'm led to believe, that the country cottage is maybe a destination in a a similar way that the island was a destination for Lisa, Sasser and Helen in the last story. The other thread of continuity is that this is another incest story, and I know that because the category it's in is incest slash taboo. And actually, there is a third, I've just noticed, there is a third thread of continuity in that the one of the characters in this story is also called Lisa. So we'll just have to remember that it is a different Lisa from the Lisa that we already know and love so well. But one of the reasons why I like this story particularly, or one of the reasons I guess I was attracted to reading it, is that there seems to be two characters and they each give their perspective on what goes on from their own point of view. So in the last story, obviously, everything was from Lisa's point of view. And in this story, we get Lisa's point of view, new Lisa, we get new Lisa's point of view. And we also get Dan's point of view. Dan is the other character in this story. And I think as we go, there are going to be more characters introduced. I don't know, but I'm assuming we'll also get things from their point of view as well. So as I said, I haven't read this story ahead of time. I've just given it a quick scan to make sure that it's going to be a good one to read. Uh, It seems like it will be, but it's going to be my first time reading it in full out loud for this podcast. As ever, I like to go through the stats of each story. This is another multi-part story, but it's much shorter than Lesbian Slave Island. It's only six parts. Uh, and hopefully we'll be able to do them in six episodes. Chapter one of The Country Cottage by A Dirty Old Man is subtitled Lisa and Dan Find a Unique Way to Reignite Their Marriage. It's got 4.2 thousand words. It's got a 4.4 star rating. It's had 58.3 thousand views. And 61 people who viewed it liked it. And there are four comments at the end for us to enjoy. So with all the preamble out of the way, 
I hope that you'll sit back, relax, and enjoy part one of The Country Cottage. The Country Cottage The Country Cottage Prologue. Dan. The lights of passing vehicles flickered across the ceiling, just the visible part of the unending background carcophony of the city. My breathing returned to normal as my dick softened after filling Lisa's pussy for the first time in weeks. I suppose it was a pretty normal situation in a long-term relationship, but I really did miss the level of passion that slowly receded during our 13 years of marriage. It used to be Lisa and I couldn't keep our hands off each other, of course, the fucking two or three times a day routine faded pretty quickly, but we still managed a healthy, active sex life for a long time. Now it just seemed even that was vanishing quickly. We'd never seemed to be interested at the same time, and so only managed a quick, perfunctory fuck once every week or two at best. That night was a perfect example. We sort of fooled around for a few minutes after climbing into bed. I think she climaxed when I slipped my cock inside her. It was over so quickly, I can't really be sure. Then she rolled onto her side, facing away from me as I stared at the ceiling. I wished I had an answer. Lisa. I don't know when or why things became so... well, dull. Dan's cock still felt somewhat pleasant inside me, coming in me, yet it hardly seemed worth the effort. I faked the orgasm to satisfy him, but I knew my own gratification would come later, alone, in the shower, at my own hand. We were certainly comfortable enough in most ways. Decent jobs, good incomes and all that, but it wasn't enough. I could hear his ragged breathing becoming more measured, and I knew he would shortly drift off to sleep. The cooling trickle of his semen seeping down the inside of my thigh symbolised the emptiness I felt. I rolled over to face him. We really need to talk, I said softly. Dan looked at me, and I realised he understood completely, maybe even felt much the same way. Yeah, we do, he responded. Neither one of us wants to go on like this. We both need a new spark. The Talk Lisa The next evening after dinner, I felt it was time to be honest. Brutally so, if necessary. When we were in bed last night, Dan, you didn't seem interested. You seemed miles away, I said. He looked embarrassed. I'm sorry, Lisa. I had trouble keeping it up. I had to think of other things, he said. I had guessed this, and I wanted it out in the open. Who or what were you thinking about? I asked. Dan shook his head. It would be better if we didn't go there, Lisa. It may make us both more unhappy. We both agreed we need to talk, Dan. By that I mean we both have to talk. When we are in bed, you are obviously thinking about someone besides me. Another woman, or girl, perhaps. I want to be honest with you. I often think about somebody else. It's obviously fantasy, but we have to deal with it, I said. I could see that my confession had shaken him. He thought for a moment before speaking. I want you to realise, Lisa, that I love you very much, and although I think of other women and situations, I don't want us to separate. You know that this would be devastating for us both, not to mention our parents. I nodded. Dan was a good, solid man, and I certainly wanted to stay married. We both loved my parents, who were well into their sixties and were quite religious. We were both brought up to be good Catholics, and although we no longer went every Sunday, we still attended on special occasions and went to confession and Holy Communion at Christmas and Easter. 
Are you suggesting that we talk about each other's fantasies, Lisa? said Dan. Yes, they are, after all, only fantasies. Everybody has them, and they do no harm. I saw you look around today in the store at some of the women. Did you fancy any of them? I asked. He looked a bit shamefaced. I like that young girl on her phone, he said. I smiled. I was glad he was being honest. She did look nice, although she was a bit plump, and appeared to be with her father and mother. Dan was relaxing more now, and confessed. I do like women who are a bit plump, and even a little older. Her mother was pretty nice looking as well, he said. I chuckled. This was the most candid conversation I'd had in years with my husband. He was relaxing, and some very interesting things were coming out into the open. What about you, Lisa? I've told you my thoughts. What about yours? he asked. I had no intention of avoiding the issue. I had so many fantasies over the years, and it would be a relief to finally share some of them with Dan. I liked the look of the man with the woman, the one in the dark suit and the yellow tie, with glasses and the white hair and beard, he said. Yes, he looked like a headmaster, I replied. Dan looked at me quizzically. Do you have schoolgirl fantasies, Lisa? It was my turn to blush. Yes, Dan, but as a grown-up schoolgirl, I explained. He was intrigued. A sort of adult schoolgirl, he asked. Yes, and I had to go to the headmaster's office because I was a naughty girl, I responded, and blushed again. I hadn't meant to explain quite this much. Dan was starting to really enjoy himself and get into the spirit of the conversation. So you want to have an old man pull your panties down and spank your bare bottom? And you like it, he said. I nodded. The talk was making my pussy tingle. Dan pushed the conversation further. That guy looked quite old. Is that what you like, Lisa? That he was an older man, one close to your father's age? Possibly a dirty old man, he asked. Lots of women have fantasies about their fathers, and dirty old men, Dan. They seem safer than most wild young men, I said, more defensively than I intended. Fantasies are strange things, love, but I suppose we can just enjoy them as much as we can, in whatever form they take, Dan nodded. Yes, we can, Dan, and we should, I said. I felt better and started to think about the ways we might make some of these newly acknowledged fantasies come true, after I climaxed for the first time in quite a while on Dan's dick when he shot his semen into my pussy. Dan. I just marvelled at the change in Lisa in the weeks following our talk. She began to openly discuss our attraction, or lack thereof, to people we encountered on the street or in a store. We spent an afternoon at the nearby park, people-watching, to speculate about some of them. Does she shave her pussy? How big is his cock? Does she suck his cock and swallow? That one could pull my panties down and spank me. I bet she likes to eat pussy. I'd love to bury my face in those big soft tits. The more we discussed such things, the more comfortable I grew with further exploring our fantasies. The added bonus was our sex lives grew in intensity as we found out more and more about the things we liked, but had kept hidden from each other throughout the years. Lisa seemed pleased to realise I liked soft curves that came with a little extra weight. I was turned on that she not only liked being spanked, but was open to fulfilling one of my fantasies of playing with another woman, or even a couple. Then she totally surprised me one day with a proposition I could hardly refuse. We need a vacation, and I found the perfect place, Lisa said one evening, as we cuddled in front of the TV. It's only about a three-hour drive from the city, so we can make it a long weekend, go there on a Friday morning, and come home on the following Monday. With that she got up and brought her laptop over to the sofa. After a moment she opened a website and showed me what she'd found. It's called The Country Cottage, she said. 
It's limited to only five adult couples as guests at a time. Everything is included in the price, and it seems very private and idyllic. The cover page of the website showed a large manor house. Standing in front of the house were a mid-fifties looking couple, identified as the owners, Bob and Carol, and their adult children, Ted and Alice. I could see Lisa's interest in Bob immediately. He was about my height, a bit stouter, with short cropped grey hair and a closely trimmed grey beard. Carol was a good six inches shorter, somewhat matronly looking, with large breasts. I smiled slightly, paging through the remaining pictures, showing various parts of the grounds and facilities, realising Lisa based her selection in part on one of her ongoing fantasies. I had no problem with that at all. In fact, it kind of excited me. When I got to the last picture on the website, my mouth dropped open and my cock twitched. I looked over at Lisa, who smiled impishly at me, before returning my gaze to the picture of the sign at the entrance to the place. The Cottage Inn. Family run. For family fun. Since 1832. The Arrival. Lisa. When Dan stopped the car in the gravel courtyard outside the old manor house, I gazed out of the window and my heart thumped. The country cottage fit in so well with the idyllic rural countryside through which we'd just driven, when I thought of the chats that Dan and I had had over the last few weeks, seeing the words family run for family fun made my tummy tingle. Of course, it may all be quite innocent, but by now, Dan and I both thought there might be more to it, and desperately hoped so. We had hardly exited the car when a nice-looking man in his fifties walked across the gravel to greet us. Hello, Mr and Mrs Kelly. We've been waiting for you to arrive. I'm the owner, Bob Davies. Don't worry about your luggage. I'll get someone to bring it in for you. Come in and have a cup of tea, or a glass of wine, and meet my wife, Carol, he said. It was a lovely welcome, and I could see that it pleased my husband. Bob Davies was a little stout, but pleasant-looking, with short-cropped grey hair and a neat, closely-trimmed grey beard, exactly like the man in one of my fondest fantasies. He ushered us into the reception area, where his wife, Carol, met us with a huge smile. She was so pleasant, with a warm, maternal look about her. I smiled to myself, as I knew Dan would appreciate her ample breasts. His expression would be really motherly breasts, one of his major fetishes, especially since I was not very well endowed in that way. As we sat and relaxed, a young woman, about thirty, came in with a nice tray of steaming hot tea and a few biscuits. Carol introduced her daughter Alice, who smiled shyly before she left. Carol told us that Alice, as well as her brother Ted, were very caring, loving and helpful around the place. Ted was two years older than his sister, and generally looked after the accounts and such of the cottage. Both Dan and I were really impressed. As Alice went up to our room to make sure everything was right for us, we spent a lovely half-hour chatting with our hosts. "'Do you have many guests staying here at the moment, Mrs Davies?' Dan asked. "'Please call me Carol,' Carol laughed. "'We're always very informal around here. The cottage is almost always full.' as some guests like yourself without young children of their own come for long weekends or even extended stays. We make sure every need is catered for, and this means people come back time and time again. So yes, we will be completely filled up during your stay, she explained. You say there are no children, Carol. But you advertise family fun, I said, picking up on that comment. Yes, Lisa, we do, Bob chuckled. We encourage more adult clientele, as young children tend to be noisy and a bit disruptive. Quite often, parents who are in their 40s, 50s and 60s are accompanied by their married or adult children and their spouses. They have the freedom to do whatever they wish, without any restriction whatsoever. It is a family fun establishment, he said. 
That sounds most intriguing, Bob. No restrictions whatsoever, I laughed. Our guests are usually professional people, Lisa, who want the freedom and privacy we offer without any problems or intrusions, Carol added. Usually they include business people of all kinds, with some doctors and even a priest. Everyone wants security and privacy at times. I could see Dan looking at Carol with her very full blouse and imagining doing his doctor fantasy, where he would have her in his examination room talking quite seriously. Now then, Mrs Davies, just pull off your top for me so that I can check your breasts are okay. Then adding something like, My, my, Mrs Davies, they look and feel just fine, especially your big nipples. Have you always had such beautiful nipples? His doctor fantasy could go on for a while, with him asking all sorts of more and more intimate questions. I felt my nipples stiffen against my bra when I looked down to see a small bulge in Dan's pants as he ogled Carol's sizeable tits. All of this was exciting, but we were still unsure how everything worked at the cottage. I was intrigued by her reference to a priest, and queried it. She smiled and explained, We have a Catholic priest with us at the moment, Lisa. He and his wife are both in their sixties now, and here with their grandchildren. Isn't that a contradiction, Carol? Catholic priests don't have wives, and certainly not grandchildren, I said. It is a bit unusual, I suppose, Bob Davies laughed. From what I understand, Father John fell out with the Orthodox Catholic Church almost forty years ago over what is meant by chastity. At the time, he was a very popular young priest, and many of his parishioners supported his views, so he just broke away and formed his own parish and church. He's been a regular guest for years. But it couldn't then be a Catholic church, I asked. Perhaps not in the strictest sense, but he follows all the Catholic doctrines and still has confessions and Holy Communion. Over a hundred parishioners followed him at the time. Since then his flock has grown to over 300 very devout followers. He's a fascinating man, as you'll see. You'll like him. Everybody does. What's his wife like? I asked. She's really lovely. Although she's 62 now, I think she's still so very attractive. She helps Father John with the parish duties, and even gives confession herself. A woman? Giving confession? Dan chimed in. You men are all the same, Carol Davies laughed. Women are just as capable as men to disperse mercy and understanding and penance, perhaps even better in some cases. She always agreed with Father John's beliefs. He, on the other hand, needed help, so he appointed his sister Rose as the deacon. So his wife is a nun, I asked. She's a bit more than that, but has a few novice nuns to help her. She's usually referred to as Mother Rose now. It is appropriate, as she is so motherly. But Mother Rose gives confessions to the parishioners, I asked. Not only parishioners, Lisa. That is one difference to the normal church. She and Father John will give confession to anyone in the ordinary public if they are asked. Usually all our guests take confession at some time or other when they are here, and they all say it's a wonderful, cathartic experience. I was astounded. Have you taken confession, Carol? Are you Catholic? No, I'm not Catholic, Lisa, Carol laughed, but I regularly take confession with both Father John and Sister Rose. It is wonderful to unload my sins and indiscretions, large and small. We found that the secret of a good confession is to tell everything and not leave out any little secret. Bob Davies supported his wife. All the family likes going to confession, Lisa. Carol and I, as well as our daughter Alice and our son Ted, sometimes go together when we feel guilty of joint sinning, he said. The conversation had astonished Dan and me. It had also been quite arousing. I could see by his bulge it had affected Dan. It had certainly excited me. My panties were getting damp. Just then, Alice entered the room and spoke to her mother in a very quiet and respectful voice. 
Mr. and Mrs. Kelly's bedroom is ready now, Mum, she said. The way they looked at each other was palpably sensual. Nothing out of place was said or done, but I could almost feel the love, even lust, in her mother's manner as she bent over and kissed her daughter on the forehead. Thank you, love. You can go and see to your brother's needs now, if you like, she said. The pleasure on Alice's face was very plain as she giggled. Thanks, Mum. I looked at my husband, staring at Alice and her mother, both of whom seemed momentarily oblivious of anyone else in the room. There was much more going on here than was apparent at first glance. I wondered what Dan was thinking, and what we would discover during our stay. Dan For the most part, our drive to the country cottage was uneventful, other than getting lost a couple of times on the narrow, winding back roads. The place sure was far out in the country. We stopped for lunch in a quaint little town, before continuing on, and finally found the entrance at the end of a long, tree-lined gravel lane. My dick twitched a little as we passed the discreet sign announcing the turn-off, the same sign that got both of us so intrigued when Lisa first found out about this place. When we pulled up to a stop and got out of the car, Lisa's hand tightened slightly on my arm, a sharp intake of breath, her only sound. A stout man with short grey hair and a closely cropped grey beard approached us with a huge smile. I knew without looking that Lisa's nipples were stiff, and possibly her panties moist. The man coming out to greet us was the very embodiment of one of her dearest fantasies. Hello, Mr and Mrs Kelly. We've been waiting for you to arrive. I'm the owner, Bob Davies. Don't worry about your luggage. I'll get someone to bring it in for you. Come in and have a cup of tea or a glass of wine, and meet my wife, Carol, he said. After handshakes all round, Lisa's hand gripped mine tightly while we followed Bob into the house. Even before I leaned in to whisper in her ear, I knew she was excited, and aroused. Looks like just the man to pull down your panties and smack your bare ass. I said softly enough that only she could hear. She responded with a low moan and a weak smile as we entered the house to meet Bob's wife, Carol. I stopped momentarily at the doorway, seeing Carol for the first time in person. I was immediately in, if not love, then very much in lust. She was a matronly woman, with short grey hair and large, luscious, billowing breasts that I instinctively knew were topped with big brown areolas and little fingertip-sized nipples, the really motherly breasts of my dreams and memories. To make matters even better, Carol was the touchy type, eschewing a welcoming handshake for a warm, tight hug. I wondered if she felt my dick hardening as she crushed her soft tits against my chest. We had barely been seated when a woman about the same age as Lisa and me came in with tea and biscuits. Bob and Carol's daughter, Alice, it turned out, who, from my perspective, inherited all the right traits from her mother with her large breasts and nice, round ass. As Lisa asked a number of probing questions, followed by complete and surprisingly straightforward answers from Bob and Carol, my mind drifted off to my doctor fantasy. Imagining Carol and her daughter Alice stripping off their blouses so I could give them both a very intimate breast examination. My daydream came to an end when they started talking about some guests. A priest and his wife. I thought someone said about the woman giving confession. A woman giving confession? I chimed in. Carol laughed and went on to talk more about them while I went back to admiring and fantasising about her beautiful tits. A few minutes later, Alice returned to tell us our room was ready. There was most definitely some sort of tension in the room when Carol kissed her daughter before leading us off to our room after a brief tour of the other sections of the building. The cottage was a sprawling place, obviously added onto over the course of the years. Basically, it was a U-shape, with the kitchen, living room, dining room, library and theatre on one side, and the bedrooms in the other wing. 
Carol led us from the reception area at the bottom of the U towards the bedrooms after walking through the other wing. There are seven bedrooms in all, she explained, as we walked a short hall to another that went left and right. The master suite and two guest rooms are down there to the right. Your room and three others are this way. Two rooms use the same bath, situated between them. You'll be sharing the bath with Ted and Alice, she explained. My ears perked up at that comment, and I stole a glance at Lisa as Carol opened the bedroom door. Lisa just cocked an eyebrow at me, and we entered the room. The bedrooms are pretty much the same, Carol continued. Each has a king-size bed, a small sitting area, and a closet. There's no cell or internet service here, so we saw no need for televisions in the rooms, and since there is no set schedule, no alarm clocks either, she said. As she spoke, Carol was clearly taking our measure as if she were debating how much more she would, or could say. I was about to ask about the arrangement with her children, when Lisa placed her hand on my arm, stopping me with a gesture I knew was meant for me to remain quiet. And what about the bathroom you mentioned, Carol? I asked. How do we go about sharing it? We've totally remodelled the baths in recent years, Carol responded proudly, and opened the other door. There are separate vanities for each bathroom, a commode room for privacy, a tiled shower, and a whirlpool bathtub big enough for two. With that, she laughed heartily, and I could tell from the glint in her eyes that she happily shared such a tub whenever she could. My dick twitched, envisioning her magnificent tits floating in warm, bubbling water. And then for privacy, you just need to slide this bolt closed, and the people in the other room will know the bath is occupied. Of course, the same applies on your side, she continued, reaching for the door leading into the other bedroom. At that moment, the door pushed open, and Alice stepped into the bathroom. "'Oh, hi, Mum,' she said casually. "'Oh, there you are, dear. If you're done taking care of Ted for now, I will need some help in the kitchen while Lisa and Dan get ready for dinner.' "'Our other guests should be here by then as well,' Carol murmured softly, leaning over and kissing her daughter on the cheek, and started to nonchalantly walk out of the room, smiling devilishly. Lisa and I just stood gawking at Alice, with our mouths open. Alice was totally naked.' Her large, soft tits drooped slightly and were topped by dark brown areolas with a silver ring suspended from each nipple. A thick, triangular thatch of hair dotted with crusted white droplets covered her crotch, with glistening smears on the inside of both her thighs. Behind her, a grinning man sat naked with his legs dangling over the edge of the bed. Alice made no move to cover herself, retreat back into the other bedroom, or show any signs of embarrassment at all. She just smiled and, after a moment, spoke. Please pardon my manners, but you haven't been properly introduced to my brother Ted yet, have you? She asked. To be continued. The country cottage. The country cottage. Yeah. Well, well, well. <laughs> I think I've spied uh, yet a fourth continuity link between this story and the last one, and that is unashamed nudity in front of people who are clothed. And I, I don't know, I feel like maybe Alice was getting off a little bit just by her exposure in that moment, in a similar way to Lisa from Lesbian Slave Island. So all in all, there are four continuity links here, and I'm really pleased about picking this story now, because I think that's a really nice way to keep things flowing from series to series. 
But what a first part to that story. I actually quite liked the splitting up of the narrative into two parts. We get Lisa's side of things from her perspective in her unique voice. And then we switch over to Dan and we get some thoughts that he's had. I guess in a way there was no need to cover the same ground in the way that we did there. We heard everything from Lisa's perspective about that conversation and then we heard pretty much the same thing from Dan, although we did get a glimpse into his psyche as he drifted off into a sort of internal sexual fantasy. But I really like that splitting of the narrative into two different perspectives. I think it adds such a depth. One thing that struck me pretty early on in this chapter was that these two both seem pretty open to trying new things, and yet it took them 13 years of being quite unsatisfied. Well, I guess maybe not all 13 years were unsatisfying, but Dan does say that the the fucking two or three times a day routine faded pretty quickly, (laughs) although he does then say that they managed an active sex life for a long time. I guess maybe this is a a more recent thing that they've become dissatisfied. Because from the outset, I was worried a little bit that this would be a story about quite a dysfunctional relationship. But actually, I think in a way, there's something quite nice about them addressing their issues and being open and upfront about things and talking honestly without worrying about offending the other person or having to hide things or cover up their genuine feelings. I think there's something quite refreshing and quite positive about that. So I I like that about this story. And I guess what I'm getting at really is, in a way, it feels like it's a shame that it took 13 years for them to, to do that. I love the imagery of Dan and Lisa sitting in the park, openly making comments about people as they walk by, (laughs) wondering out loud how big someone's cock might be or (laughs) whether they shave their pussy. (laughs) I like to imagine them having that conversation quite loudly and completely oblivious that the people they're commenting on are actually quite aware of what they're saying, but are just too abashed to say anything. Imagine you're walking past a couple and you hear them openly comment about the size of your penis, or you hear them placing bets on whether you like to eat pussy or not. (laughs) I absolutely love the cottage inn sign, the family run for family fun, since 1832. I mean, that's a very long-running, open, free sex venue since 1832. I don't know if this is really the truth, but I imagine... In 1832, in the olden days, people were much more prudish about group sex and, you know, open relationships. That's just that's just a, an inkling I have. I don't know that for a fact. But to have been doing that since 1832 kind of suggests that Bob and Carol have inherited this way of life, perhaps from their own parents. And it seems that they're passing it on down the generations to Alice and Ted. So maybe that is how things run, that this is a long-standing family tradition within the Davies family, that they run this country cottage, which is family-run for family fun. I wonder what they would be like if you tried to book it as a genuine family, uh, a straight-laced family with no incest. (laughs) A typical family. I don't know what I'm calling uh, a family who doesn't have sex with each other straight-laced. A normal family. A family who does what normal families do, which is not have sex with each other. I wonder what it would be like if you tried to book that. I wonder if you would be able to book it. Maybe there are a few ways that Bob and Carol try and weed out 
real families maybe there are a few kind of questions they ask or little kind of filters they have I wonder if if you manage to get past those filters and you book it as a genuine family and you turn up I wonder if they would send you away or whether that would just be maybe a week where they don't do that that there isn't any sex and it's sort of a disappointing week for the priest and <laughs> his wife and and the nun and for Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice. They're all a bit disappointed that week, but at least the family has fun. Or maybe during that week, Carol and Bob would just kind of come up with excuses to get the family out of the house. Maybe they would sort of nonchalantly leave pamphlets for theme parks and local attractions at the breakfast table and say, oh, you guys would really enjoy getting out of the house for a bit, maybe, or maybe go for a hike during the day. And then while the family are away, everybody else can get down to some good old-fashioned family group sex. Obviously greatly enjoyed the description from Lisa's point of view of Dan's doctor fantasy. I thought that was a really great moment because it was almost a kind of patronising account of what his fantasy was, as if she was belittling it a little bit. And even though she was almost being dismissive about it, she still went into quite a lot of detail about what that fantasy would involve. (laughs) I think we're already getting a bit of a measure of what kind of couple Dan and Lisa are. The big giveaway for me, the big moment that spelled it all out for me, was the moment when Dan wants to say something about the bathrooms, and then Lisa gives him a clear signal, she puts the hand on the arm, in a way which he, Dan recognises what that means, that he shouldn't say anything, and yet he does. He says exactly what he knows Lisa is signalling for him not to say, (laughs) and completely, completely ignores her. But then, of course, that little faux pas is completely blown out of the water by this chapter's big reveal. And what a big reveal it was. We really built up to that, and I love the way that that was done. The two of them standing with mouths hanging wide open, and Alice is there, completely naked, with her brother's cum just matted through her pubic hair. And there's Ted behind her, sat down with his legs wide open, also naked, with a big grin on his face (laughs) and and I just love the idea of the two of them just completely spellbound as Alice completely ignores the elephant in the room and reverts to a kind of super polite oh please pardon me (laughs) I I haven't introduced you to my brother Ted yet have I excellent first chapter and I'm really enjoying this story I think it's going to be a great second series but before we wrap up let's get on to the comments Let's have a little look at who's been reading and what they've been saying about it. Our first comment here is from Satyr Dick. This series has been around four and a half years and yet zero mentions that the host family shares the forenames of the main characters in the 1969 film and 1973 TV series, Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice. Um, I've not heard of that. I'm going to do a quick Google of Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice 1969 film and see what that is okay yeah so this is a 1969 comedy romance uh bob and carol and alice and ted released in 1969 uh, it stars natalie wood robert culp elliot gould and diane cannon <laughs> as carol bob ted and alice it's the story of a married couple returning to los angeles after having become firm supporters of free love they try to make an uptight spousal duo their best pals back this idea the four jointly practice free love. Oh, okay, so this seems like it may be 
is genuinely inspired by the film. Maybe this uh, story is a little bit of fan fiction based on the film and also the TV series, I guess, which was released a little bit later on. And I guess Satya Dick is annoyed that that's not been mentioned explicitly. Well, I don't know why uh, it needs to be mentioned. If you've noticed it, Satya Dick, then that's a little Easter egg in there for you. And, you know, not everybody has to be aware of that. In a way, it's kind of cool that it's something which only people who lived through that era and know that film would would notice. That's that's one of the joys, I think, of a little Easter egg like that, that not everyone is in on the context and you get to enjoy having been smart enough to notice that and feel good about yourself. There's a comment here from someone called Right Bank. They say, the country cottage is more like a fantasy island for consenting adults. And that's actually the comment which I read ahead of time, which made me think that this story was going to be a good continuation of a Lesbian Slave Island. I think we can all see the parallels there. Comment from Rodav. Looks very interesting. Please continue. This could be a very interesting kind of story. An open, incestuous relationship for everyone who would want it. Yep, I agree with that. <laughs> there's, not, there's not much to say about that comment, is there? I mean, broadly agree, but also not much substance to it there. Comment from Sands Bartel, who says, More. Love how this is going and can't wait to read more. Well, if you can't wait to read more, then I'll let you know straight away. Well, not straight away. It's at the end of the episode. But I'll let you know now at the end of the episode that, as you may have guessed, you can find this story for yourself by going to Literotica and searching for AA Dirty Old Man in PHX1. Uh, that's the username of the author, and if you search for them as an author on literotica.com, which is the website where I found this story, you can see all of the stories they've written, and they've got a lot of stories. They've got 59 stories there. They've got multiple series of different stories, different scenarios, a really broad back catalogue for you to enjoy if you care to go onto the website and look them up. If you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast, then I hope you'll join us next week for part two, part two of six. There's six parts to this story. Please subscribe to the podcast. Please like the podcast. Please leave a review of the podcast if you're that way inclined. I'm sure those things help spread the word, get it out to more potential listeners who might enjoy this. Thanks for tuning in to series two of Let's Get Sexy, the podcast. I will wish you a very pleasant week before saying goodbye. The country cottage The country cottage Lots of women have fantasies about their fathers and dirty old men. Dan. They seem... <laughs> Dan? <laughs> yeah, Dan. <laughs>